Hi guys, this is Joseph. Welcome to the Jesus Cast with Joseph M. This is a Christian podcast dedicated at casting Jesus to the world through teaching the word of God for instilling biblical knowledge, increasing faith, and helping you discover your purpose in God. May you enjoy the sermon. Receive my humble greetings today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Joseph and welcome to yet another wonderful episode of the Jesus Cast podcast. Uh, This is a new week. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks since the last time we did an episode. And as we continue, uh, we are still on our series titled C. And it is my hope that, you know, you've been enjoying the series episodes so far uh, since the first one up until the last one that we did two weeks ago and i'm hoping that even this one okay even this one inspires you all the more okay and this one specifically was literally inspired by someone on tiktok okay so i don't know how but according to me this series was done okay this series was done but uh the week when we're supposed to actually be concluding it came across this tiktok video and this person says if you don't see yourself with god's eyes you'll never ever achieve what god has called you to or what god has planned for you or what god has prepared for you and that stuck with me okay that stuck with me because it is the whole basis of our series it is the whole basis of our series that If we don't get to a place where we are saying, God, we are one with you in terms of how you see us. Like that, uh, reaching that level, to be honest with you, reaching that level as you live this life, reaching that level is what will get you to every other blessing that you think that you should have. Or rather that you should have, even if you don't think about it. But yeah, you get my point. Anyway, so I came across these scriptures. Okay. Uh, when she shared this, I thought about these two scriptures and it's in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. Okay, two separate scriptures, but uh, they speak about the same thing. Okay, and I'm going to read both of them and then we're going to get into the message. Okay, and then I'm going to break them down piece by piece, one by one or whatever that is called. So yeah, uh, Numbers 13, I'm going to be reading from verses 30 to 33 and it reads as follows. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw, in it a man of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word and we trust you. We believe Jehovah that God you have a plan and a purpose with this very word. And I pray, Father, that Lord, even in the next scripture that we are about to read, O oh Lord. The very same message, O oh Lord, that you're trying to transmit, that you're transmitting, O oh Lord, or transferring from your word, O oh Lord, from your voice, Father, to us, O oh Lord, is a word that will encourage us and will help us to grow in the faith. In Jesus' mighty name, O oh Lord, we pray. Amen. Okay, so I decided to stop there. I'm going to continue, but I decided to pause. Because <laughs> I feel like at this point, 
if I'm going to keep going, we might miss it or we might get to the end before we even get the point of this conversation. So let's get into the point of this conversation. Okay, uh, today's message is titled, How You See Yourself Matters. Okay, How You See Yourself Matters. And it is titled this because, see, these guys, they went to God and God had promised them a land. So they go to him and they ask him, we need to go and spy the land. And God says, okay, go and spy the land. So they go and spy the land. They get into the land, which is the promised land, by the way, this land has already been promised to them. And they go into this land and they get into this land. And when they discover what is in the land and they come out of the land and they are like scared as hell. And they're like, we cannot be able to take over this place. Remember, God has already promised them this place. So they don't even have to fight for it. God has already conquered for them. Okay, but they don't see it like that. And I think that is the struggle we have most of the time. We look at life from a perspective of what we can do, not what God can do. We look at life from a perspective of what we have, not what God has for us. We look at life from a perspective of the things that we believe, according to the standards of this world, are the core of what we should have in this life. So we miss out on opportunities. We miss out on places. If you read Throughout this, you will realize that at the very end, these people never make it to the land. They never make it to the promised land. In fact, this is the whole basis as to why God kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. It was their lack of faith. It was nothing else. Their lack of faith. They did not believe that they could be able to take over this land. So God said, okay, because you do not believe, I'm not going to allow you to get into it. I'm going to wait for people who will have the will to get into the land. And the only two people who made it into the land are the people who came with a report that said, we can make it. We can cross over. Anyway, let me not move too fast. So now these guys are at this place that God has promised them. And they walk into it. And as they walk into this place, they see big people, like really, really big. And they're like, when they come out of this place and they say, oh no, this land that God has promised us, it has all the things that God has promised. But it also has giants. Isn't that our perspective most of the time? Okay, maybe that's not you. Maybe you have a friend who's like that. A friend who looks at a place and says, this is amazing. But they want five years experience. And I have four and a half. Or I have four and nine months. Or looks at it and says, Oh yeah, this is amazing. But they want accounting experience, business experience, whatever. Looks at a business opportunity and says, Oh yeah, this is a great business opportunity. But did you notice that this is a dying industry? Did you notice that no one buys these anymore? Ever one of those people that they went to God and prayed and said, God, please confirm that I can start this business and God confirms it. And they still go and ask questions like, but what if it fails? But what if we don't succeed? See, in the previous week, we had two messages. We had two perspectives. 
okay, we had Lot's perspective and we had Abraham's perspective. Lot's perspective was, I see the land and it's close by and it's beautiful and I'm going to take it. He takes the land. It's a beautiful land. It's nice. But then there's someone who says, I don't know the whole part of this land. But I have a confidence that God can do way more in it, even if it looks like it's rough. But this week's perspective is, and this is perspective number one. Fear gives us perspective. And the people of Israel in Numbers 13 had a fear-based perspective. Yes, they knew they could get into the land, but they also knew that they would have to face giants. And because of the giants that they had to face, they did not believe that the land they could inhabit. And this is what kills them. This is what gets in the way of them reaching the promised land. This is what gets in the way of them getting to what God has for them. And it's, excuse, it's crazy how God has, has already promised them, but they still want a sign or they still want God to do something else to prove that they can actually get into the land. And isn't it crazy? <laughs> isn't it crazy how we judge ourselves? Like, the descendants of Anak didn't tell them that you look like grasshoppers. No, they didn't. They concluded that that is how they were seen. In fact, not only did they conclude that that is how they were seen, they concluded that that is how they are. See how they limited themselves? See how they diminished themselves? See how they... <laughs> they gave themselves a lowly position when they had a higher God. High God. No, can't say high God. It's like he's on weed or something. Anyway... <laughs> They looked at themselves and they figured, this is not for us. This we cannot achieve. And I go back again. How many of us, how many of us put ourselves in a position where we think what other people think of us is more important than what God thinks of us? How many of us look at ourselves and say, we are not big enough, we are not strong enough, we are not smart enough, we don't know enough, we don't have the... I don't have the qualifications, I don't have the skills, I don't have... All of those things. But have you ever thought, just for once, that you don't have them because you never tried to have them? Because every time you thought about them, you eliminated yourself from having them and therefore you never gave yourself a chance to get them. Let me put this in a clearer way. Have you ever wondered if you would ever succeed in business? Like, hey, have you ever been in a position where you're like, you know what? I see business, but I'm not made for business. So I'm not going to try. So you don't try. And because you don't try, you'll never know if you will ever succeed or not. An interesting, an interesting message that I was listening to. Uh, this pastor says one time they had an event and they wanted to invite Mark Cuban. Okay, you know Mark Cuban? He's a big 
big, big businessman. And crazy enough, he says, one of the guys that they were doing the, the event with says to him, uh, ah, this guy is not going to agree. You know, Mike Cuban is not going to agree. And he looks at the guy and he says, you know what's the one thing that I'm sure of? That he definitely will not agree if you do not ask him. Think about it. He will not agree if you don't ask him. So if you don't try things, what is the likelihood that they will never succeed? That they will succeed. Yes. What is the likelihood that they will succeed? There is no likelihood that they will succeed because you haven't tried them. If you haven't started anything, there is no likelihood that you could actually succeed in it because you haven't started it. And these guys, they look at the promised land, which God already has conquered for them. And he says, go into it. By the way, God didn't even tell them to go and spy the land. They asked to go and spy the land. And now they go and spy the land. And now they question if it was legitimate. Listen to me. Okay. You know what they say to God? If you read it, they say, is this the place that you wanted to come and kill us in? Couldn't you have just left us where we were? Where we were? There were slaves and they cried to God, take us out, take us out. And God takes them out. And not only does God take them out, he gets them to a place where they can actually take ownership of. Do you know what they do? Fear. They get a fear perspective. They look at things like, nah, this is not for us. We cannot conquer this. But God has already conquered it for them. But they haven't seen that yet. And that's the challenge. But you know what? There's hope. There's hope for you and I today. You know why? Because there are two guys. Okay? Joshua and Caleb. Let's go and read about them. Okay? Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> interesting. They went with the other guys to spy the land. Okay? So the guys that went to spy the land, it was 12 of them. Okay? Including Joshua and Caleb. So they went in. They saw the land and they came out. Ten of those came with a bad report. The other two, if you go back to Numbers 13, uh, okay, I'm not going back because we haven't read 14. When you're in Numbers 13, the other two says, let's go and take over. And then the other one say, no, we cannot because it's scary. And then now we get to a place in Numbers 14 where Joshua and Caleb make their case. They have their own perspective. Listen to this from verse 6 to verse 9. It says, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land was passed through to spy out, the, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Hear me out. This is a faith perspective. They see with faith. They looked and they said, you know what? We get it. It's scary and all of that. But you know what? If we don't go, we won't know if we can actually take over. And not just that. Because God promised that we can get into this land, it means he had lowered the people's guard to a point that if we walked in there, as big as they are, they will still fear us. And not only that, 
word had already gone all over the places. Fear the children of Israel because their God conquers all things. Why would I have a God who has conquered it all and still be fearful of the things that I face? So now I work with confidence. Now I work with some cockiness in me, if that's what you would call it. Because now I know that God has conquered it. Remember David in the Bible? David <laughs> walks into the field, finds a whole lot of men who, by the way, have been trained. He has no training like the other guys. He's killed a lion and a bear, but he's never really trained to fight a man. And he walks into this place and he finds a man who is as big as they can come. And he says, I'll still kill you. Why? Because he says, you disrespect the God of hosts. You, disrespect, you disrespected our God. And I will show you because you disrespected him. How many of us disrespect God though? I mean like, how many of us? <laughs> how many of us have limited ourselves based on our view of who God is? I think in one of the conversations that I've had over the years in the series, in the podcast, is how we filter what God can do. I'm like, yeah, God can do this, but he can't do that. Like God is not just going to appear and give me a house or a car, or he's not just going to appear and give me a job. We, we look at God like that and we say, you know what, some of these things, I need to figure them out by myself. I need to do something for, them, for me to get them. We never think that God can conquer for us on his own. And that was the perspective of the people of Israel. But that was not Joshua and Nuns, I mean Joshua and Caleb's perspective. Joshua and Caleb's perspective is, you know what? This land is ours and we're going to take it. This business is going to succeed. This job that I applied for, I'm going to get. This car application, pass. There is nothing that is going to be impossible for me because God has conquered for me already. So I have a new perspective of faith. I see different from everyone else who thinks that they are giants and these giants are bigger than God. You know what God says to them? The reason why they don't get to the promised land. He says, after all that I have done to get you out of Egypt, you still do not believe. Here's another wondering moment. Is it possible? Just in passing, is it possible that over the years, God has been there for you over and over and over and over again, but you got to a place where you don't trust him just because of that one situation? In fact, even in that one situation, he still got you over it. But you're still holding on to the fact that at some point it looked like it's not going to happen. At some point it looked like you were going to stay unemployed for five years, ten years. But God says, are you still unemployed? God says, yeah, your business was failing, but did it fail? Oh yeah, that business failed, I agree. But you realize that that was me pivoting you so that you can start this other one. And this other one succeeded. But you're holding on to the failed business. Or a failed relationship. Or being barren. You're like, God, I wanted a child for so long. You didn't give me a child. Oh. I hear you. I hear you. And... <laughs> 
And you know, you know, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how faith demands so much of us. Okay, I'm gonna say this because even 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 I have been in a situation where like. God, I've seen you show up. I've seen you do this before. But will you do it again? Or rather, God, this has never worked out before. Why would it work out now? Like, I get caught up in my failures or in past, in the history that I've had and the history which has nothing to do with my future or my present because God is not like that. Because God's promises are eternal. The Bible says they are yes and amen. Because God says, whatever you ask in my name, this is Jesus Christ. He says, if whatever you ask my father in my name, I will give it to you. Because God says he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask. Or even imagine, according to the power that is in us. <laughs> if all of those are true, and there is nowhere in the Bible where it says God will fail at doing things or God has failed to do something. If all of these people in the years in which they had been complaining to God, God still got them out. If all of the people who looked barren or seemed to be barren and could not give birth to children and at some point they gave birth. If all of these people who were sick in the Bible and at some point they got healed. If all of these people, if all of them, I mean, like, if all of these people got to a place of breakthrough, what makes us think that God can never bring us to a place of breakthrough? Or are we saying that the scriptures are incorrect? Or are we saying the scriptures have been created in a, in a, in a way to make it look like he's a good God, but he's not a good God? Are we saying that the God of the Bible is no longer the God of people? He ended in the Bible. He stopped doing miracles in the Bible. Is that what we're saying? Are we saying, look, look. <sighs> I feel like sometimes preaching the gospel makes us look like we are insensitive to people's situations. Sometimes when we preach the gospel, it makes us look like we are ignorant or oblivious of our situations. We <laughs> Because remember, speak from faith. And faith has no what-ifs in it. In fact, one thing I've learned is faith is absolute. Faith says God is going to do it. Regardless of my situation, God is going to do it. Regardless of my difficulties, God is going to do it. Regardless of my struggles, God is going to do it. Regardless of my history and my past, God is going to do it. Regardless of who I am today, God is still going to do it for me. God is still going to get me through this. And I think our biggest challenge is we never get to see faith like that. And because we don't see faith like that, it makes it look like it's impossible for people to see God in their lives as a God who does all things. I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know if I'm making sense. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, as insensitive as it feels like it is, when pastors tell you about things that you have lost faith in, or you don't seem to have faith in, or you've never had faith in, there is a high possibility 
okay, there is a high possibility about your life that God can still do things that you don't think are possible. But you know what the problem is? You still see them as giants. You still see them as bigger than you. One of the things that I've said is, in the year that I was unemployed, I remember this one time, I was just walking around and I had this sense of peace in me. So for the first time in my life, I looked at my situation and I said, this giant is not bigger than my God. And I feel that most of us need to get to that place, need to get to that point where we see God as bigger than every challenge that we could ever face. When we see God as a God who can break you out of tough situations. And I'm talking about like difficult things. I'm also talking about like simple things, fancy things like God will ever own a BMW, will ever, ever have a big house and all of those things. Most people, most people have given up at the first level of faith. They're like, oh yeah, as long as I got a job. No, no, no. There's a trending video for this pastor who says it's better. And all of that. Okay. There's a good part about that scripture. I mean, about, about the sharing of the message, which is you're going to pass through difficult times. But you know what? As long as you're alive, as long as you keep going, as long as you keep pushing. But there's also a perspective of do not settle for that place. And the Israelites were ready to settle for a place that God has been trying to get them out of, that God has already kept, gotten them out of. They were trying to go back into it because they felt like, you know what, it was better back there. But it isn't. It wasn't. They had to inherit the land that God had promised them. And if they had that faith on that very day, they would have taken over that land. Okay. See, this is, this is a very short message. I'm concluding. If we don't allow ourselves to see God's perspective based on his word and his promises, we will live a life seeing ourselves in the eyes of those that are lesser than us. Yeah, they look big, but they were lesser than us. Because our God elevated us to a higher position. So our situations are not as high as our God is. And just because you see things that are big, it does not mean that they're unconquerable. God has already made a promise to you that nothing that you say, God moved this mountain. When you say God moved this mountain, they will move. Do you know what the problem is? We always want to think the mountain is greater than the God of the mountain, by the way. He created it so he can move it. Every challenge that you may think is big, God can get rid of. Here's my message. How you see yourself matters. And I'm closing. If you don't see yourself the way God sees you, the world will define you. The world will help you see yourself according to their eyes. And that is what the children of Israel saw. But Joshua and Caleb saw themselves in God's perspective, in God's eyes. And that for them, 
us everything because at the end, they made it to the promised land. Why? Because God respected that in them. That, you know what? You might not know everything, but you trust me enough. So because you trust me, I'm going to get you through it. Today, my ask is, look at yourself and ask yourself this question. Who is in control of my sight? Let that be a question that you ponder on. Is it the world and the ideas and the things that are surrounding you and the troubles that come with it? Or is it the God who created you, who controls your sight? who allows you to see things beyond what other people see, who allows you to see further than what, what other people see, who allows you to see better than what other people see. And then you ask yourself, in all of this, do I see myself the way that God sees me? You know what that lady says? <laughs> she says, the problem is you look at yourself in the devil's eyes. You don't look at yourself in God's eyes. She says, see, when you go into a dealership and you're going to buy a car, people respect you. I remember, <laughs> just in passing, I remember going to look for a car at this one dealership and these guys they made us coffee and all of that. But that's not the point. The point of the conversation is because we respected ourselves enough to even go to the dealership, everyone respected us. See, when you inquire about houses or you inquire about cars and you go into that estate, that fancy estate, and you go and view a house, even if you don't afford it, but you still go and you say, you know what, I'm going to go and view this house because I love it. And you go in there. People view you and value you higher because of how you perceived yourself. You didn't undermine yourself. You didn't just wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm not going to go and view that house because I cannot afford it because I cannot live in it. You said, maybe one day I'll afford it. That's an incredible perspective. God wants you to see you for who you really are and to see him for who he really is. And then you will know what you can become. Amen, amen. Oh yeah, I was still telling you about that lady. <laughs> but that's what she said. Ultimately, what I just said now is what she said. You walk into a dealership, they respect you. You walk into a house to view a house they respect you they see you based on what you perceive yourself to be if you don't perceive yourself to be great no one's going to see your greatness at your workplace they see you for what you make yourself to be at home your kids respect you based on who you make yourself to be how they say teach people how to treat you you know how you, you teach them you create your own boundaries you create yourself and they see you for who you want them to see you for they don't come up with ideas of who you are no 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 no. they know who you are because you have made it clear who you are and that's what god wants from you to not be afraid of the giants take them head on because he has already conquered for you amen and amen anyway uh if you are listening to this message for the very first time and 
you want to see like this and you're saying joseph i want to know how to see like this i want to know how to believe like this you know i want my faith to grow so i want to give you a chance today to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior i'm assuming i'm making this assumption that you have not received jesus christ as your lord and savior and if you have maybe you missed a couple of steps Maybe you feel like you haven't made it yet. Don't worry. It's not scary. It's easy. I'm going to say a prayer. And once we're done with this prayer, you will be born again. And you will have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So let's go. Uh, repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for seeing me and recognizing me. Today, my prayer is that I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died so that I could have lived. So that I could have life. And not just life but life in abundance. Today I trust you to deliver me, to forgive me, and to restore me. Make me a new vessel today. Make me a new creation. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. So yeah, you're born again. Uh, find a Bible reading church that believes in Jesus Christ. Not just the Bible reading church. Bible reading church that believes in Jesus Christ. And yeah, uh, join in and listen to more of our messages on the podcast. Uh, we have about 80 something million. 80, 80 something. 80 something messages. Why, why am I thinking millions? Anyway, we have about 80 something messages. So yeah, listen to the messages that we've done for the past two years. And I hope that they will change your life. They will change your perspective and they will help you grow in your faith even. And if you need any help please do reach out, reach out to us on our social platforms we're on instagram tiktok and facebook uh yeah you can reach out to us on any of those platforms uh, we are at jesus cast co on all of those platforms at jesus cast co so reach out to us and we will be willing we are more than willing to help okay we are more than willing to share the word of god with you to help you walk this journey together with us and get to the other side and to see clearer amen amen yeah anyway don't forget to like share subscribe and stay in touch we look forward to sharing this word with you again next week yeah anyway god bless you keep well heavenly father we thank you we honor you we trust you that god you have a plan for us that you have a purpose for us and that this word will not go to empty ears it will land right where it needs to land it will be had and not only would it be had, but it will impact someone's life. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in to the Jesus Cast with Joseph M. We hope you had a great time with us and that you enjoyed the sermon. Our prayer is that the way fulfills you, that it increases your faith, as well as your desire to serve God. We love you and God loves you. For more messages like this, please subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications. Thank you and goodbye.